Hi, everyone. Shannon Tipton here. And today we are hosting another Learning Rebels Live with Gloria Alvarez. Gloria is the Talent Development Specialist with Marathon Corporation, but it's her experience as a graphic designer and graduate of the Houston Art Institute that caught my attention. The art of visual design is often treated as an afterthought with learning and development. However, with tools such as Canva at our fingertips, there's no excuse for bad design. Bad visual design creates an unnecessary barrier to learning, and many times it drives people straight to cognitive or sensory overload. So I'm very excited to hear what Gloria has to say. So let's get to it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Learning Rebels Live. My name is Shannon Tipton, the owner of Learning Rebels, and I am delighted to have with me today, Gloria Alvarez. And one of the things that really excites me outside of doing what I do is falling down the rabbit hole of tools like Canva, Camtasia, et cetera, you know, just getting deep down into, oh, what does that color mean? What does that font mean? And how do we put all of this together? So it was really great to discover Gloria. And Gloria is, from her bio, she's a creative junkie. And this much is true. Through our conversations, I know that she is all about the creative part. And it is a creator with a passion for detail, having spent the last 17 years designing learning content for Fortune 500 companies in various industries. And she, you know, dabbles in social media creation, photography. I know you just had a baby. Congratulations. Thank you. And what's also exciting is that we have an L&D person who graduated from the Art Institute of Houston. So you have all of these things going on. So first off, thank you for joining me today. And congratulations on the new baby. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I was just mentioning earlier that I got me some good sleep last night. So I'm excited to kind of dive into our conversations and get going. (laughs) And and that's so hard to come by when you've got a newbie in the house. So congratulations for that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. She's six months and she was doing very well in the beginning and then she took a turn. So I'm kind of just now experiencing that. So I'm hoping she turned back. And my husband and I get some actual sleep. So yeah, yeah for sure. Right. So I'm going to turn this over yeah. to you and let you introduce yourself or provide us a little bit more detail into who you are, where you're working now and how you got here from there. Yeah. Um, I always love listening to the people's stories about where they came from and what they're doing. So would love to share. I actually started my career and well, let me back up. I went to school to the Art Institute of Houston. What's interesting about that is I graduated in 2006 and the Art Institute of Houston at that time, you know, were really selling you on, you know, once you get your degree, you'll go work at marketing firms or build websites and, you know, coining and kind of talking about those areas. So when Continental Airlines, before it became United Airlines, came recruiting, looking for specific individuals with certain skill sets. 
Um, When they came, it was interesting. It was interesting. A lot of us got selected to be part of the interview process. So it's not like you could actually go and interview or just sign up. You were handpicked, if you will. And so what I found interesting was they were looking for individuals with skill sets because they were at the cusp of basically doing e-learning content. When you think of airline industry, they're global, Uh right? They need to be able to get their content to their target audience as soon as possible, right? And so the group that came recruiting was the training group for the technicians, aircraft maintenance individuals that actually worked on the aircraft. Long story short, out of, I think, 30 students, I got chosen. I started working there. By then, they had already had a few other um, e-learning developers. And what was interesting about that environment is it was kind of its first of its kind. So we actually had to build a lot of stuff from scratch, right? You didn't have tools like Canva. Adobe was there because that's the tools I learned at the Art Institute. So we were able to leverage those tools, right? to build engaging e-learning content. In terms of an instructional design tool, there was no Camtasia. There was no Adobe Captivate. It was, I'm giving my age away. There was Adobe Flash. I don't know if- Oh yeah, for sure. Or listening in know about that tool, but it doesn't exist today, but that's what we had. We had to leverage the tools that we had to create engaging content learning. So I think what helped in that space was Again, the skill set that we had, we had that design eye. We could create content, even though it was very technical in nature, we could create something that told a story, right? And engage the, the audience, right? So I did that for about six years. Actually, in between somewhere in between that, I went back to school to get my bachelor's degree in organizational leadership and supervision. And then I jumped industries and I started working for a company called Cameron International. And that's in the oil and gas industry. And I've kind of just been in the oil and gas industry since then. Again, each role that I took on as my career progressed, it was always around instructional design, but then it was always in an environment where we didn't have anything. So we had to build a lot of stuff from scratch. And so I guess I thrive in areas or in environments like that. And now I'm currently working for a company called Marathon Petroleum Corporation. Mm-hmm. And again, doing similar things in the learning and development and talent development space, right? And I don't think a day doesn't go by where I utilize my graphic design skill set. Again, whether it's working on instructional design content, building templates, um, creating assets, creating for the Mm -hmm. asset libraries, or just creating engaging PowerPoint presentations, right? Right. I use it on a daily basis. So, yeah. And thank you for all of that. That's such a rich background that you have and a very interesting background. I don't, I don't know a lot of people who can say, I went to the art institute, but now I'm here creating, you know, organizational development or learning programs, et cetera. I I don't see that transition happening very often. And I think it's really exciting, you know, because I think that there is a, well, obviously a direct link between creating designs that are engaging and visually pleasing, right? And Mm -hmm. being able to hook people into, you know, the learning journey itself. You know, visuals have an awful lot to do with that. And with that being said, though, I believe that there is a good portion, I won't say all, but there's a good portion of L&D people who 
you know, treat that as not necessarily a core skill, but maybe a, a nice to have skill. If you have a marketing team or if you have a graphics design team in the corporation that you work in, woohoo, you know, happy dance. But most people do not have those sorts of tools, right? And so I think having those graphic design tools become critical to what you do. I mean, what are your thoughts around that? You pretty much said it. Like I've worked in organizations where we might have had a communications or marketing team that would help us, but we weren't able to access them for whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. Or we've worked with them and great because, yeah, from a workload standpoint, I could offset some of that work onto those teams and I would get back, yes, very engaging content or templates, if you will. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's times where you don't have that. And again, you know, I can recall working one of my first jobs again at Cameron, not having access to those individuals. And I was tasked with, hey, we don't have anything. Um, We've been outsourcing all of our instructional design content to third-party vendors. They're costing us thousands and thousands of dollars here. And not really having much direction other than we need to build those things in-house so that we can have our own team, our own individuals and make it sustainable, right? So we can produce over and over and over again. I just remembered at that time really tapping into the Art Institute and the skill sets that I got there. Yes, there was the instructional design piece that maybe I didn't get that from the Art Institute, but I do recall my boss at that time saying, go get some training. (laughs) So (laughs) he he helped me develop that a little bit. Yeah, I'll figure it out. When it was all said and done, again, we created templates in, in both Adobe Captivate and in Articulate. And we had we had our asset library of things that we can just grab, plug and play. Um, we had our mm-hmm. storyboard templates. We had everything set up. And so I think that validated, I think, even my own expertise. Because when you go in um, in a new job and you're giving a task like this, you know, people are like, Either that individual is going to do it or not, you know, so I was able to, again, showcase that and say, hey, look, I have a lot to offer. I have value in my skill set, even though I might have not been a true instructional designer. They saw the value. Right. I think if you know me, you know that I preach about that, too. And I'm always the first to say, look, yes, I went to school for it. And our curriculum was not your traditional college curriculum. It was like four hour classes where They just ingrain certain skills in you. But there's just so much nowadays. There's so much resources out there, free resources that talk about, you know, fundamentals of design, that talk about color theory, that talks about those basic foundational elements that you need to create Mm -hmm. visually appealing content, right? Right. I want to say it's easy. I know that even for me, when I was at school, it was that practice, practice, practice mentality, right? Getting Mm -hmm. in front of the computer and actually doing the work that I think helped me get to where I am today. Right. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that we talked about before, I've got people who are listening and they're going, well, you know, it's not all about training, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm having this conversation built on the assumption that we've been good stewards of the business And we've done our needs analysis. We've done everything that we need to do in order to get to this point. So whether it's creating a job aid or um, an e-learning program 
or a big macro program, whatever it is, there's a underpinning skill here that needs to be focused on. And that is creating a design that is visually appealing and engaging, et cetera, right? And when I think back, talk about mistakes. I'm going to ask you about mistakes, but I'm going to throw myself on the sword first. And I hearken back. There's a a closet in my house. I was going through that closet. I was cleaning it out. And in the corner of that closet, I found a stack of workbooks that I created for a way past organization back when I probably was first really getting grounded in, you know, learning leadership, et cetera. And I found these workbooks that I had created on the fly and they were all about interviewing skills. So it was workbook based on interviewing skills. Oh my God. These, (laughs) they were purple. It was an obnoxious shade of purple. And I don't know where I got purple from because the company I was working for at the time, their branding guidelines did not have purple in them. So I don't know (laughs) where purple came from. And it was loaded in the here. I'll give away my age. It was loaded with screen bean graphics. So if you remember screen beans, you know, from Mm -hmm. a Microsoft clip art, right? So these little screen bean characters, I clearly was enamored with that at the time because the workbook had screen beans all over them without any rhyme or reason to it. And as I was going through that, I was taking a, a journey back into my career going, oh my God, what was I thinking? So I'd like to ask you, What are some of the common mistakes that we see in learning when it comes to graphic design or visual design that we can go back right now and maybe audit something that we've done and go, oh, okay, maybe I need to change that. What are some of those mistakes that we see? Well, I think, you know, your your example, um, one of that is maybe too much adding all the bells and whistles. I know I'm guilty of that as well, too. You want to showcase your skill set and you want to showcase sort of maybe the newest feature or technique or something that you've learned, right? And mm-hmm. maybe really needed, right? To tell that story, to hook your your reader if it's a job aid or if you're working on something that's e-learning, right? Mm-hmm. Consistency, I think too, sometimes you can create something in the look and feel. Maybe it's not the same. Again, thinking where was your headspace when you looked at something? You're like, mm-hmm. I can't tell that these things are tied together just based off right. of design, right? That first look, right? I can't tell if it's supposed to be in order. I mean, it just looks like- it Right, really is it part of the bigger picture? Yes, I think that's that's another thing I can recall doing in my past as well too. And yeah, again, just getting caught up in the design trends mm-hmm. at that time. I remember Bevel. Do you remember Bevels? Oh, I do. You know, I think too, like, oh, I don't even want to admit this, but and like word art and word art and putting <laughs> bevels instead of just keeping them for buttons. You know, I thought they would be right. really cool if you added it as a, a header background, you know, so things like that, those I would say there are the ones that just kind of popped into my head right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what's the issue there? So what? You know, I want to be creative. I, I want my uh, job aids. I want my workbooks. I want them to have a certain level of creativity. So what if they don't? So what do you say to those people? I say, okay, if that's, if that's <laughs> what you want. <laughs> now, um, now I, I think it, it goes back to the storytelling piece, right? 
you want to engage your audience and it goes back to, I mean, that's what graphic designers are trained to do. You know, when you look at a poster, for example, you could easily just put a white background with some text and be done with it. It gives you the information. You're designing a poster for a movie that's coming out. You could just put the the, the name of the movie, basic information and be done with it. And that does suffices the needs, right? What are you saying? What else do you want to say when you add pictures or imagery to that, right? So what I would say to those people is you want to captivate your audience. I always say you want learning to be fun, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? You know, text on a white piece of paper, it doesn't do the job quite well. Right. right? It doesn't tell the story. It doesn't tell the story. You don't get your people excited, the learner excited, right? Mm -hmm. So. That's kind of what I would say. Yeah. And I'll go back to the comment that you just made, which I think is really valid. If you think about movies and you think about movie posters, I love a good movie poster. When you look at a movie poster nowadays, there's a story within the poster and posters aren't just one-offs anymore. So if I think about Marvel and I think about different posters that they put out for even the same movie, each poster is telling a different story if you're paying attention, right? Yes. I'm so glad you brought up Marvel because that's exactly what I was thinking of when I brought that example of like, I just, I'm a big Marvel fan. I love that. So, right. So how can we use that technique? So if you think about graphics, right? So how can we use that the process of telling a story with graphics within instructional design? How do we do that? Again, I kind of go back to my art Institute days and if you're not a graphic designer, again, going out, looking at resources, but, you know, taking what I consider the fundamentals of design into consideration when you're going about creating that content. Again, first you identify what is the purpose of the instructional design course Mm -hmm. that you're doing, have your agenda kind of outlined, and then start thinking about storytelling. Like how do I hook my audience in the beginning, because there's a beginning, a middle and the end, right? Right. Taking those things in consideration, but then really focusing on attention grabbing, whether it be colors or graphics. I mean, I can have a whole other conversation about fonts, what those can do to really tell a story, right? Have your content, again, making sure that it's not distracting though too, right? So when you think of instructional design, you want to create visually appealing content, but not something that is too distracting. And then, you know, really ending your content with something that they can remember, right? Mm -hmm. And again, words and colors and all of that does something to our brains, right? To where like, oh yeah, I remember that, that instructional design course because of what I saw either at the end or at the very beginning. So it becomes a trigger. Correct. Right. So the images trigger a memory, you know, from something that they may have learned prior. And what I think I'm hearing from you is that if we use a consistent methodology, a storytelling methodology with graphics, Mm -hmm. with color, with typography, then that helps tell that story of whatever the learning is that you're trying to get across. You said it so much better, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's your wisdom coming through. Now, Before we get to the end of our conversation, which has been really interesting, I have so many questions, but let me just focus on a couple is when it comes to colors, 
what's the big tip that you could leave us with? I would say from an instructional design standpoint, how I go about colors is, well, for starters, if you do work for corporate companies, they might have their branding already identified. So sometimes you don't have the creative license to go out and think colors. You just kind of have to use whatever they provide you, right? Mm -hmm. But where you can, I use color as not the main part of the thing. So like I personally would never use, I'm going to take your example, purple is the background color for every slide that you create. (laughs) I would keep that (laughs) sort of... um, you know, as an accent for us. And, and there you go to accent. That's what I was looking for. I like to use colors as accents. It's just yeah. smaller elements that just kind of add that personal or that added touch, if you will. That's my advice for color. And we could use colors as a holding up a theme, right? So it's, yes. if I'm talking about one thing, then maybe there's an underpinning or a, um, like a slight um, foundational color that might go color. with it. Now, is there something that we should think about in regards to the use of color and oh, just keeping like ADA, for example? We think about people who are who might be colorblind or sensitive to certain colors, et cetera. So is there a piece of advice or even a tool that you might use that might help people there? So yes, you know, they can't see color, they're colorblind, but if you use different shades of purple, for example, and they see the contrast, right? It's going from darker to lighter. That's one way to help those individuals. Mm -hmm. I actually don't have any resources or source I can, I would have to look something up and, and provide that for you. That's where I would go with that. Okay, great. What's another one thing that we could do right now after people get off of this, off of listening to you, what's the one thing that you would say, go do this now to ensure that your graphics, that your designs are well thought out? If you're interested in learning more about fundamentals of design, color theory, honestly, YouTube is my best friend. Side story, I got really hooked into interior design and that's exactly where I went <laughs> was YouTube. And I just ran down this rabbit hole video after video after video of, about learning about interior design. But I would say, you know, just doing a search on YouTube, fundamentals of design, color theory. And there's a lot of content out there that I think you can look at. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably a plug, but I don't know if you've ever heard of Skillshare.com. They have tons of content for creative designers. So that's everything from like interior design to graphic design, to building websites, to learning how to design for social media. And the Skillshare really is for like creative minds, right? So if you want to like dive into that space of creative individuals, right? You may not be one, you know, you've never been around those kind of people. Skillshare is really a good area to go into. Seeing as, you know, next week we have a webinar where we talk about Canva. I'll confess to this now because maybe I don't want to bring it up next week, but (laughs) I was for a very long time considered myself a graphic design snob. I said it, it's out there. (laughs) I would see tools like Canva and think, oh, no, I'm 100% Adobe Photoshop, Adobe Illustrator. That's where my schooling came from. So everything that I design, 
came from those applications and I never ventured out. And then honestly, I don't remember when I started or why I started using Canva, but I'm telling you, I have never looked back. You can sign up for free and you can start right. like immediately using that tool and their templates. It's very obvious that they have a group of graphic designers in the back end creating some very engaging content that mm-hmm. you can literally just drag and drop or maybe change colors, change the font, and you still have something that's super engaging, right? So I would definitely create a free account and go to Canva and start going in there. I didn't do any of their training. I jumped in and I started just using their templates, start you know, I started doing all kinds of developing all kinds of content. And I'm like, wow, this is fast. It has all the elements and all of the things that I need to create, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it's a social media post or create some assets for my instructional design projects. It had everything that I needed. So I'll stop talking now. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that those are really great pieces of advice. You can use Canva as a guide. So even if you don't necessarily create something, you can search for a template. You might search for PowerPoint presentations or infographics and you can see the designs that they, right. You can see the designs. You can go, oh, those colors work together. Oh, those fonts work together. Let me try that. Let me see how that would work with what it is that I'm trying to develop right now. Same thing with tools like Creative Market. So you don't necessarily have to buy anything. You can just Mm -hmm. go in there and see what they have, right? And make use of it there. But absolutely trying out the free tool of Canva. Why not? You've got all sorts of resources there right at your fingertips. And thank you for that plug. Your 20 bucks is in the mail for that one. (laughs) Yes, we have Gloria next week on February 22nd, 11 a.m. Central, where Gloria is going to walk us through how to start with Canva, Graphic design fundamentals. It's going to be super fun because we're going to work through some examples together, right? We're going to do some fun examples together. And then we're going to do sort of a show and tell of here's a before and here's an after. And here's here's what you can do in 90 minutes, you know? So I, there's a lot of ground that we can cover in 90 minutes and have it be really super fun and engaging. So I'm really looking forward to that. Learn something new that's coming up. Oh, and... Because it's Valentine's Day and because we love to learn something new, we're also offering a 20% discount on the learn something new using the code Valentine's 20. So with that, I'm going to sign off and thank you, Gloria, for being with us today. This was a lot of fun, really interesting. And like I said, hashtag I have questions. So I am looking (laughs) forward to our learn something new next week so we can really get down and dirty with the questions. So thank you so much for being with us today. Yes. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And hopefully you get some more sleep. I, I'm planning on it. That's the goal. <laughs> That's the goal for today, right? Number one yes. goal, more sleep when there's a baby more in sleep. the house. <laughs> right. Well, thank you again. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Well, there you have it. Gloria Alvarez. Gloria Alvarez, graphic designer extraordinaire. 
I love how Gloria made the concept of visual design accessible to all of us and further driving home the message of its importance. You can find Gloria on LinkedIn, where she also takes on graphic design work. So if you simply don't have the time to create your own designs, look Gloria up. To find future Learning Rebels events, head on over to learningrebels.com and sign on up for the next coffee chat or learn something new session. In the meantime, stay curious, be rebellious, and take over the world. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. For more content like this, or to begin your own podcasting journey, head on over to obsidian-productions.com.